Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. International News Review. Steve Oaken joins us in the studio today, the senior advisor, McClarty Associates, a former Clinton administration official. Steve, good morning and welcome. Let's talk first about the business impact of the coronavirus. As far as we know on impact in Singapore and business around the region, uh, what's it looking like so far? Well, you know, uh, GVZ, as we enter the new year, right, the new lunar year year and gong shi fa chai. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're getting hit. And personally, I can tell you that, you know, I was going to speak at a conference in February uh, and, and it was going to have an engagement on the impact of Trump, the election, impeachment, what it meant from investors. That was canceled. So that engagement goes away. I had students coming in from uh, a major Chinese company who was going to do a master class on public affairs. They, of course, can't come. So that's canceled. So for small businesses, and I know you are a small business owner, I'm a, a small business owner in addition to the work I do with global companies, it, it's hitting us. And so it's not yet what it was like when we were here for SARS, but there's a lot of anxiety in this system that businesses are going to get hit. And certainly the Singapore government recognizes that in how they see the impact on tourism and hospitality. I saw one uh, one story that, that came out that said the coronavirus could cost China's economy $60 billion this quarter. Now, of course, we, we have no way of knowing, but, you know, factories are shut with the exception of the factories that are making masks, which apparently have been reopened and are working double time in the mainland. But uh, when we look at the number of tourists, tens and tens of millions of Chinese tourists that are now being stopped, you know, because countries won't let them in or the flights aren't flying or whatever. Anecdotally, we've heard, uh, you know, places like Thailand already, the shops are suffering. And of course, Singapore relies on on Chinese tourists uh, quite a lot as well. So, uh, you you know, we, we don't know yet what this total economic impact is going to look like, but it's going to be massive any way you look at it, right? Right. And it's going to hit everybody. Right. And the only question is how much? You know, again, you know, we're having, you know, I know of one major conference that was canceled. That's a hit on the, you know, hotel industry. It is a hit on restaurants. On restaurants. And, yeah. Now I'm, you know, speaking with people who are going to have a conference in March. They're saying, well, should we go for it or not? I'm speaking with people who are looking for a conference in April here. Should we go for it or not? So everybody's asking the questions now. Everybody doesn't want to cancel. They want it to go for. They want to see what's going to happen next. And so really people are spending as much time as they can hoping things stay under control. The Singapore government is very good in getting out information that there's been no community transmission here whatsoever. Everybody here who's gotten it is been in Wuhan and got it there, you know, got it in Hubei. So that's what people are, but they're on pins and needles and they're wondering, mm-hmm. should we cancel or not cancel? So it's a, it's a very anxious time here. And of course, you mentioned the conferences and the students that were supposed to come in for what something you were going to work on. But, uh, you know, so many conferences you, uh, include Chinese nationals, right? You know, people coming in from the mainland because, of course, that voice and those economic uh, inputs are, are so important to to business around the region. So it's hard to uh, have a conference with, with and just ignore Chinese delegates, for example, right? Uh, well, and those, those I know of a conference in Bangkok that was canceled because probably about half the people who were coming were going to come from China. Right. And so that one's off because mm-hmm. they can't come. So that, that gets canceled right away. The other issue for Singapore is that a lot of people who come here, 
especially from the U.S., are not just coming to Singapore because we're a long way away, mm-hmm. right, from mm-hmm. home. And so people will do Singapore and Hong Kong or they'll do China in Singapore. They'll do Tokyo in, in Singapore. And when now people start to get one cancellation somewhere in the system, other things get canceled as well. So Singapore is a little bit more susceptible because it doesn't have people just flying like you might have into Tokyo or Sydney from the U.S. as opposed to here. Usually it's part of a broader trip here. So there is a, I think, more, you know, that Singapore can get hit harder than other places that don't have that O&D traffic, origin destination traffic from the U.S. There was an interesting story in Bloomberg, a $193 flight to New York from Hong Kong, except you got to stop through Wuhan (laughs) for six hours. (laughs) So, uh, sorry, this is not funny, but it's kind of funny. But it is interesting. You know, online you could, you know, let's assume you could book this flight six months from now or nine months from now, like book up your flights going through China because by then it should be under control, right? You'll be taking a bet on it. I I was talking to a good friend in in Hanoi yesterday who's just watching the prices come down going into Thailand. And he's like, well, might not be a bad time to, to go to Thailand right now for holiday because prices are he's just watching it literally almost by the hour the price is coming down on hotels no. because they're getting hit you know very hard i've i haven't seen a lot of that here yet you know i have uh i just made a reservation for my favorite restaurant in the world which is buco nero and and so i'm going to ask oscar and tracy when i see them have they gotten hit yet yeah. i was at a movie last night at plaza singapura it was fairly full so you still people are still going about their daily lives here aren't really mm-hmm. impacting them yet but we are just waiting to see what happens but it is i mean uh, you know just uh, we were around town uh, yesterday heading out and Friday night as well. And it, it isn't quite as bu- – at least it feels maybe not quite as busy as it you know might normally be. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's because that's the first weekend back after the, the long holiday and people are just kind of at home and chilling out or whatever. But I'm sure at some level people are concerned. Of course, at, at the schools, uh, parents and the teachers, everyone's concerned that the kids are healthy and all that as they should be. But when we look at this business impact – and, and even a hub like Hong Kong, which is not included in many of the travel bans like into the U.S., you know, they don't mention Hong Kong yet. But surely, you know, close enough that uh, at some point it would seem logical that Hong Kong might be included. And then and then you've got a major regional hub that is, auto, you know, automatically off the map in terms of uh, travel destinations. Well, that's that's the issue. You know, you if you don't have a formal ban, you still have, you know, almost a self ban. I got invited to go to a conference in a couple of weeks in Hong Kong. And I'm not going to go. And the reason I'm not going to go is because I'm not worried about getting the virus in Hong Kong. What I'm worried about is what if I'm in Hong Kong and all of a sudden there's a travel ban coming out of Hong Kong. And so that's what you start to start worrying about is why I'm not going to go, not because I'm worried about myself getting the virus, but what's going to happen travel-wise? Am I now going to get stuck in Hong Kong? If I'm in Hong Kong, am I going to be able to come back to Singapore, which presumably you could because as long-term pass holders, you're allowed back even if if you're in China, but then you have to self-quarantine for 14 days. So you do start to get that worry even though you haven't got any formal bans yet. And so people are definitely not traveling as much out of Singapore who live here as they used to. Um, Steve, you know, even if even if the ban, even if the if the whole virus 
situation, I'll just put that in big air quotes, you know, resolved tomorrow, next week, in two weeks, which of course it will not, you know, the tail on this in terms of getting people back into the system of traveling and doing business and stuff would be months in the making. Let's just take tourism, for example. It would take months for people to get back into booking trips and, you know, going to their favorite destinations. This is, I mean, at least what into the, through the first half of the year, we're going to see some kind of impact, right? They're already talking about two percentage points down on China's growth rate um, for this quarter uh, because of the hit. But it's going to take a long time, no matter what, to get back to some kind of normalcy, whatever that is. Well, and that's why I think businesses right now are really not trying to make that decision about shutting down, canceling conferences, pulling out of events. Because when you, if you do that now, it's gone forever. I mean, it's very mm. hard to get a conference back six or eight months from now. Sure. And so people are waiting to the last minute. They're saying, look, everything so far is under control. There, you know, if you again talk about Singapore, no community transmission. The Singapore government is very good in sending out, you know, WhatsApp messages for all of us who who sign up yeah. for them for for what's happening. Shutting down the fake news because there was, you know, a WhatsApp going around. I got twice yesterday about don't go to any of these places because the coronavirus has mm. been there. And the Singapore government, you know, immediately comes out and says, you know, that's not accurate. Here's yeah. what's going on, and so you can stay on top of things with technology now. So. People are – they're anxious, but they haven't made those decisions yet that we're going to shut it down because you're right. It takes months to come back online if, if you can get it back at all. Steve, where do we look or where should, should business people be looking for information on the business impact? Are there special places that are favorite places that you like to look or is it just more of a scan of – business news websites and that sort of thing. How can people kind of keep ahead on this? Well, I think there's a couple things. I'm certainly, you know, the Singapore government sign up for their WhatsApp. Enterprise Singapore um, is the government agency that is, you know, kind of aggregating things from a business perspective. So you don't have to go to the Ministry of Health website. You don't have to go to other websites. So Enterprise Singapore is being very proactive, is proactive with businesses. AmCham Singapore, we're hosting a briefing next week with the Singapore government, with crisis communications consultants, with, uh, you know, medical experts to talk about it from the business perspective. So the community is really coming together to try and share information, understand what's happening so that you can make informed decisions that you don't get out in front, but that you also don't get caught either. And it's a very delicate time, but the, the business community really is coming together well in Singapore to have each of us making informed decisions. Steve Oaken, thank you so much for being with us today on uh, our International News Review. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.